Welcome to the Just Ask Mom podcast, where mothers share their experiences of raising children with mental illness. Just Ask Mom is a Mothers on the Frontline production. Today we will hear from a mother and active mental health advocate. She has an adult son with early onset schizophrenia. So tell us about yourself. Well, um, I'm considered what is, I'm elderly now, best. I'm middle-aged, <laughs> um, have li- lived with mental illness, severe mental illness in my family for um, close to 18 to 20 years now. Um, I originally grew up in a small town in Iowa and um, was involved in everything that you could be involved in in high school and um, got a college degree went to work for the federal government and uh, raised through the ranks even though I was a woman uh, because when I first started um, they didn't want women in supervisory positions and I eventually got into them anyway. That's awesome. Thank you, by the way, from a, a woman coming later. We appreciate all of you. <laughs> well, it was like $2.40 two, two an hour was what I initially worked. And at that time, I was unmarried and had a son. And the choice actually was being on welfare or going to work. And it was the same amount of money per month. Hmm. So it was interesting. So pretend you're talking to other parents who might not fully understand your experience. What would you want them to know? Well, first of all, um, to take it easy on kids, especially the ones that have some special needs, um, because they're scared out of their wits um, by what's happening to them. And they're always um, fearful that somehow you're going to turn them away or make fun of them or be ashamed of them. And... uh, I've just found that you need to always have a smile on your face. Um, You have to make a concerted effort, not ever, to be mean to them, because then that ruins the trust. And, um, I mean, the focus of a lot of the advocacy work that I do is to keep families together um, and not to blame anybody, uh, because this is an illness without blame. Uh, it's simply a medical illness, and uh, it's hard to um, it's hard to adjust to it. So you have to kind of give yourself a break there too, because I can remember uh, being in denial for a long time and not wanting to accept it, not wanting to let go of my dreams for my kids. Uh, then finally. It just, it's almost like somebody goes, whap, whap, you know, on your face. (laughs) Wake up, you know, um, this is going on and you need to do something about it. And uh, I can remember the first time I tried to tell someone that my kids had um, schizophrenia and I couldn't say the word. It took a long, it took at least a half a dozen tries before I could get the actual word out of my mouth. And then I started getting angry 
uh, and you'll get angry because you'll run into a lot of people who simply don't get it and um, somehow think your kids have turned into its. You know, they've lost their intelligence, they've lost their emotions, uh, they're some kind of an oddity, and you always have to try to turn their um, attitude on that. So I'm just interested in making sure that uh, kids don't have any more trauma than absolutely necessary if they have those special needs. Right. So, how are you doing right now? Do you think you're? Do you feel like you're swimming, drowning, treading water at this moment? Depends on which topic. Um, I think I'm swimming as far as things going in our family, um, with what's going on at the state legislature and nationally uh, and locally. I think we're drowning uh, because we are under assault on so many things. Um, so once again, it depends on the topic. Yeah. Mm. What is your self-care routine, or if more appropriate, survival technique? What do you recommend for people to do when it gets really tough? Um, I steered away. Well, I steered away from anything that was really, really serious. Like if you were watching TV, yeah. um, I would make it a point to watch um, Disney movies. <laughs> because I didn't want anything more to really alarm me. Um, also, because you're so involved with your kids during the day, uh, once they're asleep, you know, that's when I felt I could kind of let my hair down and I could cry after they went to bed. Mm -hmm. Or um, if I really needed to get out of my life and into somebody else's, I would read a book. Mm -hmm. And just the you know, 30 minutes or an hour of reading before I went to bed would help. Um, I also, um, I was divorced at the time that this all happened and I was so, um, and so many people had turned away because they didn't know what to say, that I was really, um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was really hungry for a tender touch. Yeah. And so uh, one of the first things that I just decided to do was to go have my hair done. Yeah. <laughs> because somebody else was washing my hair, and it always feels good when somebody's washing your hair <laughs> and fiddling around with it and making it. I didn't, I didn't care whether it turned out nice or not. It was just the fact that it felt good. And, um, and then I also went and took um, full body massages, and I'm going to go back to that. Um, that always made me feel really good, too. But it's, you know, physically I had to have some touch that reassured me that I was, I was still human. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then uh, emotionally I had to get out of my life and to something else so yeah. that's what I did so a lot of times if you're not laughing you're crying or screaming right what what can we do what what uh, with all that you've been through what's your most laughable moment that comes to mind mm. oh the most laughable moment was um, I had just taken NAMI family to family and um uh, one of my kids was uh, uh, 
I shouldn't say, almost um, agoraphobic where they didn't want to go out because they'd had so many panic attacks. Right. They were afraid that no matter where they went, people would remember them and make fun of them and all that kind of stuff. And I came home from work and one day and um, my child was sitting in the chair and I said, you know, I just do not feel like fixing anything for supper. I said, let's just go out and eat. I said, we can afford it, so let's just go out. And um, my child looked at me and said, Mom, you know that I can't do that. And, uh, and I knew because of the family-to-family training that there was a certain way I should respond to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, hold it just a minute. So I went out of the room and went and found my book. <laughs> Say kids don't come with manuals. They don't know about NAMI. I love it. <laughs> and I looked it up. <laughs> and so I, you know, tried to be calm, you know, as I walked back in and I said, you know, I'm I'm really sorry I didn't I didn't um, acknowledge that you have a hard time doing that. You know, maybe we could just order something and have it here. And she looked she dropped her book and she says, Oh my god. And I said, what? And she says, you actually acknowledge my feelings. And here all this time, you know, when I was going to these classes, I knew she was looking at the book. Right. And and she had been going to a lot of therapy. And um, she knew just as much or more than I did of right. what I should be doing. Right. And I just laughed about that every time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's just so great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. In today's discussion, NAMI was mentioned. NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and NAMI Family to Family is a free education program for family, significant others, and friends of people living with mental illness. You can find out more about NAMI and its programs at nami.org. You have been listening to Just Ask Mom, recorded and copyrighted in March 2017 by Mothers on the Frontline. Today's podcast host was Tammy Knighton. The music is Old English, written, performed, and recorded by Flame Emoji. For more podcasts and this and other series relating to children's mental health, go to mothersonthefrontline.com.